Well, good morning, my friends. This is podcast number 442 for Monday, December 20th. We'll finish up Jude today, and then we'll get into Titus. If you want to read ahead, you can get into Titus. So uh, let's turn to our memory verse in verse 3. It says, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. This really... Excuse me, has been the key verse for this for this book because it is about contending for the faith. And as we get into these, the the last part of this, we're going to look at why there is a, a need to contend for the faith because because there have been people who have crept in who have uh, tried to destroy um, what's being taught. And let's look at them starting with verse ten. It says in verse 10, but these people, talking about these people before that were blaspheming um, these people who are um, uh, from Sodom and Gomorrah, from the past, the angels who had fallen. It says, but these people blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroying uh, they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. He said they're, they're, they're being controlled by their instincts. And they're attacking those things that they don't understand. Um, don't look there, but in Second Peter chapter two, it Peter kind of uh, parallels and supplements uh, this passage of scripture, and it and the reason for that I think is is found in Philippians chapter three. Philippians chapter three. We're looking at really three different authors here. We look at Jude, we look at Peter, and now we look at Philippians. And why in the world would there be this continuing emphasis? on um, on watching out for those who are coming into the body and trying to wreak havoc. Paul says this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 1, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for dogs, for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. He's warning about those who are trying to, to pervert the gospel. And we need to see this as a danger in in the climate and the culture in which we live in today. The people who have attacked it, not just from without, but but have attacked from within and say, did God really say that? Like like the enemy says to, to Eve in Genesis chapter 3 at the fall. Um, did God really say this? And people are uh, taking liberties with the gospel and taking liberties with the scripture and trying to to say that it doesn't say what it really does say. And what are they doing? Well, number one, they're rejecting the divine authority of God. They're rejecting the divine authority of God. This is covered really well in verses 8 through 11. Said, yet in like manner, these people also relying on their own dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. And then it goes on to talk about this in, in verses 9 through 11. So they reject divine authority. And when you reject divine authority, you place yourself as the authority. And that's what Jude is warning us about here, that you have to watch. We have to be discerning. We have to to look at those who refuse to accept God's word as authority and to come under that authority. And number two, they resort to outward appearances but live in hypocrisy. They look the part, but their lives are hypocritical. So first of all, they reject the divine authority of the scripture. 
And second of all, they they have this outward appearance, but it doesn't match up on the in, inside. Let's look at verses 12, 13, and 16. It says, these are hidden reefs. This this word reef could be spots or even rocks. They, they're hidden. Um, you don't see it as much, but they're at the love feasts as they feast with you without fear, where you look at the things of God and you have this awe and this reverence. They have no fear. They're just at the feast doing their own thing. Look at... Uh, uh, as as we go farther into this, we, we need to understand um, what he's talking about here. He says they're shepherds feeding themselves. So they're all about themselves. And, and we see this. Unfortunately, we've seen this in the church for many, many years. Shepherds who are all about themselves. They're, they're touting their abilities. They're touting uh, what they've done, taking credit for what God has done. So they're feeding themselves. They care about themselves. They're hirelings. They're waterless clouds. Wow. I love the, the pictures here and the analogies. Waterless clouds. What good are clouds, right? If they don't have water to feed the crops, swept along by the winds. They're just, they don't, they don't have any foundation, but they're just moved, moved about and moved about by whatever is the latest and the greatest things. I've literally heard of pastors whose churches were successful, who went to conferences, and because someone else that they respected was doing something differently, they, even though their, their church was being successful, completely changed everything to match what this other church was doing, and it destroyed the church. Because it wasn't the personality and it wasn't the one that it wasn't the what God called that pastor to really do. And all he did is just to the, adjust to the latest and the greatest thing. And it and it wreaked havoc. They're swept along by the winds, fruitless trees in late autumn. They should be filled with fruit, but they're fruitless trees. There's nothing there. Twice dead and uprooted, twice dead and uprooted. Look at the language of this. Um they're wild waves of the sea casting up the foam of their own shame. Now, I don't like to be on the ocean. I don't like to be on the water when it's jumping around. All it does is make me sick. And to me, it absolutely does nothing but cause destruction. And here they're, they're waves of the sea, wild, casting up the foam of their own shame. They're wandering stars. They're wandering stars. They're just flitting about. They have no foundation. They're not grounded. Uh, for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. And he says, this is what is reserved for them. Utter darkness. People like to talk about today like there's, the, you know, we're all going to get to heaven. It's all going to be fine. Kumbaya, let's sing. No, it's not what the scripture says. And Jude says here, uh, for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. Not for a short period of time, but forever. Look at verse 16. These are grumblers, malcontents, following their own sinful desires. They are loudmouth boasters, showing favoritism to gain advantage. They they're name droppers, and and they want to be involved in in uh, so that people see them. They want to get their name in lights. Says so to to avoid them. Look at uh, the third thing. It says God sees and will bring about a just reward. 
verses 14 and 15. It was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam. Now, if you go to Genesis, don't do that, but write this down. Genesis chapter five, verses 18 and 21. And then in Genesis four as well, you'll see that Cain had a son named Enoch, but also Seth had a son named Enoch. And this is the Enoch we're talking about that was, and then he lived a godly life and then he was not. So he's talking about the godly Enoch, not Cain's son Enoch, but Seth's son Enoch. Um, and that, again, that's Genesis chapter 4, verse 17, and Genesis chapter 5, and Genesis 5 is the one we're looking at here. Um, it was also uh, about these, uh, it was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of all their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and uh, of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him, against him, against God. See, Enoch, um, what's in a name, right? Enoch of Cain was, was not godly. Enoch from Seth was godly and continued this godly line. But he says, for those who are loudmouth and braggers, those who are waterless clouds, those who are shepherds who, eat, who, who feed themselves and take care of themselves, those who are blasphemers, those who, who have this appearance and look good, but they're not good on the inside. There's a judgment awaiting them. And so knowing these things, he finishes up here in these last few verses and he said, how should we respond? How should we respond? Number one, we need to remember God's word. Look at verses 17 through 19. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. The predictions here means the, the things that were, that were told that would come to about and what are they, where are they at? They're in the word of God. They said to you in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. And we find that in Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 3, just a few pages back. Second Peter 3, 3, when he, Peter's teaching about the coming of the Lord, people say uh, in 3, 3, knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, f following their own sinful desires. And then verse 4 says, they will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are c continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. There are, there are mockers and scoffers today saying the word of God isn't true. It isn't going to happen. And Peter covers this in these verses. He says we need to, uh, uh, Jude says we need, back to Jude, Jude says we need to, to remember the word of God. Second of all, we need to build up our Christian walks. Look at verses 20 and 21. He says, but you, beloved, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. What do we need to do? We need to be building ourselves up. And how do we do that? We do that through prayer. We do that through the reading of the word. We do that through the application of the word of God. We continue to work and we continue to, to, to do the things we need to do. Now, we are not earning our salvation. This is post-salvation. The salvation of God is the gift, a free gift of Jesus Christ. We find that in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. But from that point, we get to work 
building up ourselves, strengthening ourselves. How do we do that? We do that again in the Word of God. You're listening to podcasts. I pray this isn't your only podcast. Please don't just listen to me. Listen to your pastor. Listen to other uh, podcasts and, and hold to what is true and throw out the things that uh, that are not. But build yourself up. You have your responsibility to 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 be about building yourselves up. Number three, we need to exercise discernment and mercy. Look at verses twenty two and twenty three, and have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others, show mercy with with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Now, we need to be discerning of the difference between those who are just doubting and those who are just really blasphemous and those who are doing their own selfish way. And and even those who are not serving God and even those who are against God, we need to pray for them. Matthew chapter 4, or Matthew chapter 5 says we need to pray for our enemies. But look at Jeremiah 29. As I was, I've been studying Old Testament a lot and studying prophecy and, uh, and trying to understand uh, the, the position of Israel and, and the prophecies and how they relate to Israel. In Jeremiah chapter 29, uh, Jeremiah writes a letter to those that are in exile. And they've got to be discouraged, right? It was an 800-mile walk from Jerusalem to where they were in Babylon, 800 miles, and many died on the way. And when they got, they were treated, poorly mistreated, babies, uh, Israelite babies were thrown against rocks, dashed against rock to kill them. Their women were raped. This is a horrible, horrible time. And in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 7, it says this. Put yourself in the story. I read this and I just thought, no way. Jeremiah 29, 7, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. This verse, uh, this verse, beloved, belongs to us today too. I know it's for the, for the Jews in exile, but it's also for us because we, we are not in our home. We are pilgrims in this land. And it is a land that is filled with so much sin and so much debauchery and so much stuff that is anti-Christian. And what should our response be? To hate others? No, we need to pray for them. And we need to pray for the welfare of the United States. Why? Or wherever country you're listening to this in. Pray for the welfare of your country, that God would move in that country because that as it goes with the country, it'll go with you. I know that's not easy. But we need to have discernment and we need to have mercy. And finally, we need to commit ourselves to Christ. Look at verses 24 and 25. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. From the past to the present to the future, we need to give glory to God. We need to we need to remember His word. We need to build ourselves up in our in in our faith. We need to exercise discernment and mercy, and we need to commit ourselves to Christ. Maybe we need to recommit ourselves to Christ. I don't know what's going on in your life, but here's what I know: I know that if you'll do these things, 
if you'll submit to the authority of God, if you'll submit to the authority of his word, if you will build up your Christian walk and grow every day, if you'll exercise discernment and have mercy and pray for your enemies and pray for the the welfare of the city in which God has placed you and commit yourself to Christ, God will honor you. God will honor you. And remember, it's not that all of the answers that we receive will be in this lifetime because we're pilgrims in a strange land. We're not home yet. We're not home yet. But while we're here in this place, we need to be about his business. And while we're here in this place, we need to be building ourselves up in our most holy faith. The faith that was given to us through Jesus Christ. It's a gift. Let's unwrap the gift. Let's display the gift. And let's show others and tell others and, and be about his, his, his business and his work. Because when we do that, the Bible says they'll see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. Not us. They won't glorify us. The world is hurting. The world is looking for answers. And they're looking for political parties. And they're looking for agendas. And they're looking for, for wealth and the next job and the next relationship and the next purchase to answer only those things that God can answer. And you should pray, and I should pray that God would use us to give them that answer by leading them to the answer, Jesus Christ. I hope you have enjoyed this study in Jude. Let's close in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. God bless you until we talk again.